same China, different stories. Rio's a one, one found her way in a new life. Adopted babies, adopted babies from China. tuning in to Adopted Babies from China podcast, a podcast for Chinese adoptees and about Chinese adoptees and those whose lives we have become a part of. Well, hello, Hope. Hello. I'm kind of surprised I haven't asked you to be on this podcast yet. And everybody else in AK was like, you should ask Hope. And I was like, yeah, I should. And the time came and I never did. <laughs> it is all good. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, I feel like we've actually now known each other for like a whole year. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Mm-hmm. And because when I started this podcast, I had just started talking to adoptees and like meeting them. So I was like, hey, I haven't known you. I haven't known you at all. But like, come <laughs> talk about your personal life. <laughs> it's all good. I'm a, an open book, pretty much. Yay. <laughs> it works out. Yes. It works out nice. We should start with, tell me more about your adoption and what you'd like to share. Okay, yeah, I was adopted from Chenzhou, China, when I was seven months old. That's in Hunan province, like southeast of China. And I was adopted into Brooklyn, into Park Slope. Um, And I have a mother and a father and my sister who is two years younger than me, and who she is also adopted from China. Actually, she's from, that'll, that'll come back to me, but she's also adopted too. <laughs> she's also a Chinese adoptee. Nanchang. There we go. Okay. <laughs> Nanchang. Okay. Is that, mm-hmm. I don't even know where that is in China. We'll I think that's more north. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. You know, I want, like, did your parents just pick these two areas or they're like, hey, this is where adoptees, we could get some babies? <laughs> I actually don't know. I think it was pretty random. I was like, whatever they could get. I don't know. Because I wondered this because I've talked to a lot of adoptees who have younger siblings who are also adopted and they tell me their regions. I was like, you know, why not? Like, you go back to a different part of China or like they don't have a choice. I'm sure Mm. somebody who's very knowledgeable of the process could tell me more, but it always seems like there's adoptees from very different areas. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, okay. Okay. I don't know. I mean, there was an adoptee named Katie who has a twin, and so they were adopted together oh, from the oh, same yeah. place. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but it's sometimes with difference in age of siblings, two to four years, I hear, like, yeah, I'm from Northeast, and this person met sisters from Southwest. And like, mm-hmm. wow, that's that's pretty big range there because China's yep. big. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we do not look alike whatsoever. Very different features. Where's your sister now? Is your sister also in New York City? or? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she just moved from Chelsea to Soho recently. Ah. We got a new puppy, so. New puppy. Yes, jealous. And you've lived in Park Slope your whole life pretty much then? We actually moved to um, Brooklyn Heights in like 2009. Ah. So. Yeah, we went there and then moved to Brooklyn Heights for uh, to get close to our high school. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And was it in high school when you discovered your passion for cooking, or was it sometimes before that? A little bit before that, I was cooking with my dad since I was like one of those stories where it's like once you can see over the stovetop, like 
that kind of story. And I've always loved food and it's always popped up into my memories more than other things. So it's all I looking back and like reflecting on like all this trauma and like all this other stuff that makes you you like I've I've realized like oh I only remembered like the dumplings from Chinese class I don't remember how to say it (laughs) it's like oh yeah yeah, it always just stuck in my mind and even watching animes and stuff like that just watching the food even though it was animated delicious I was like I want some of that oh yeah yeah what's some of those some of those animes are really detailed with their food I've noticed spirited away oh yeah I've gotten into watching all the Studio Ghibli movies recently because I'd only seen I'd only seen like Spirited Way and Princess of Nausicaa or something like that. Oh, I haven't seen that one. There's so many. I probably got the name wrong, but it's like Kiki's Delivery Service, Howl's Moving Castle, Mm -hmm. all of those. Yeah. Wow. Some of them are deep, like real deep. Mm -hmm. That's what I love about animes, honestly. Oh yeah. Do you watch any series? Did you do you follow any of the series? I used to in high school, like Black Butler. I rewatched that recently. So good. Have you heard of that one? Mm-mm. You would like it. Oh, it's actually about an orphan. It's about an orphan. It's about an orphan. Yeah, oh. and it's it's like a little bit like yeah, like uh, um Jack the Ripper kind of vibes, and it, he's he's like solving all these crimes, and he's this butler who's magical and like can do all the powers and stuff. It's it's really good. Okay. Fruits Baskets or in High School Host Club. Okay, yes, I do know Fruits Baskets. Yep, that was a yeah. good one. I think the one that I, my good friend and I, we would follow was like Tokyo Mew Mew. <laughs> they were I've never heard of that. I think they were like themed after fruits too, though. All the oh, characters. really? Yeah. Nice. Like, okay, why not? It's cute. <laughs> Now I'm really curious. It's like, did you go ask your mom? Hey, did you decide to adopt me and then like adopt my sister from some other place just for the hell of it? Or yeah. did you have a choice? I'll I'll ask them. I'm genuinely curious about that. Honestly, because like it's funny because we are talking about adoption. I literally have not even thought that deeply about adoption stuff in so long or like when I was younger. Because my parents always they immersed my sister and I into so many language camps and dance classes and writing classes and mm-hmm. everything under the sun that we got so tired of it <laughs> we're like done we're kind of we were kind of over it mm-hmm. but then but then once you start getting older like at least for me when I was getting into like more serious relationships I was like oh like reflecting on all this other deeper stuff that um mm-hmm. that was actually that present that I didn't even realize when I was younger because we were talking about identity all the time in all these workshops and camps and I was like um I I know who I am I was like I was like that is that weird I feel like I feel like that's not supposed to be what you're I don't know but (laughs) oh yeah because you've been involved that's I don't think that's weird I think it's just unique because it's kind of one of those things like something you are exposed to consistently and then it becomes like second nature to you, but other people you talk to like don't have that experience. And it's like, oh, this is brand new and very green. Right. And then I think also in the younger years, you're not exactly, I don't know, some some people are really in touch with their identity at a younger oh, yeah. age these days. That, yeah. That's I mean. Because <laughs> they're getting smarter too. So it's like. Oh, yeah. So. But now, yeah. Because you were, were you part of like FCCNY and everything? Yep. Yeah, because yeah. I think that was 
one of the first things maybe Jacqueline told me. It's like, yeah, Hope was like part of FCCNY since she was like in her teens and now is a board yeah. member of AKA. And mm -hmm. I was like, damn, that's a lot of adoptions. It's a lot. I actually did the youth program too. And now I'm actually doing some cooking classes for that, that program. But but there was never not a moment where my sister and I didn't like didn't know we were adopted. Like I literally can't think of a good time. Like you know, just like you touch down on American soil, you're adopted. By the way. <laughs> oh yeah. So I guess we're lucky in that sense where we were able to have all that access to all those um things. But it's funny because now when I'm um now that I'm older and I'm seeing all these other adult adoptees, especially from different countries and different areas. They've never even hung out with other adoptees before. Um, and it's kind of weird for some of them, too. Like, it might be weird and stuff like that. So, yeah. It's kind of funny being like a mentor, mentor for someone who's a little bit older than me. It's like talking to them about that. And you're, you also grew up in probably, I think, one of the most diverse areas in the US world. That's true. World? I am New York world? City. Oh, maybe. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I don't do fact checking it nor will I probably start so yeah <laughs> similar to how I was telling you it's like you know I don't have zoom anymore because I don't work for a full-time employer and I'm not gonna pay it's a lot of money for like the independent zoom I was like yeah, yeah that's a lot <laughs> for me to do that so here we are on some other podcast recording platform yes kind of love it but what about you, though? Did you think about adoption a lot when you were younger? I would say so. I definitely knew. It's like, yeah, I'm, a, I'm definitely adopted. There's <laughs> no question about that. But speaking to other adoptees, I think I was definitely intimidated to, like, speak with other adoptees about it because there was not that many and be like, hey, yeah. I know we, like, I grew up in Maryland, like, right below Baltimore. Oh, okay, word, yeah. Yeah, and then as I got older and then I recently recently lived near DC area mm. and there's a lot more diversity of course but I still feel like the adoption community especially Chinese adoptees community was not that big it was like eh. or they right. were all really young <laughs> like really young I think I did go oh, to like wow. one meetup or something mm. and they were all like 20 years older younger and I was like oh wow I feel That's old a <laughs> that's better than nothing i guess i guess so it's it's the norm i guess mm -hmm. and then it just always seemed kind of intimidating to be like hey i want to start talking about something kind of serious yeah because there was one other adoptee who was in my chinese dance group which you know i probably should reach out to her now that i think about it <laughs> but we like did this dance program together growing up and it was always apparent that she was also adopted but they've right. never talked about it mm. was it oh right so it wasn't for like adoptees and chinese dance classes it was just yeah like dance class. okay we were, you know yeah i guess it was for all the asian american kids so we had a lot of like abcs mm -hmm. and adoptees and then yes. one good friend who's like japanese because they didn't have like a japanese dance group they just had uh, chinese ones so. <laughs> Who knows? They probably have that. They definitely have those now. They gotta. At this well, point. They, yeah. There's something for everything. Yes. Adopted at seven months old to New York City. Have you ever wanted to live anywhere else? 
yeah, I kind of want to move out of the country at some point. At some point, because this, you know, America's not doing so hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Somewhere yeah. warmer, too. Consistent mm. sun would, would be nice. I rarely travel, though, and it's sad, so. I was going to say, because you're working all the time, so I probably said this. Like, we'll probably talk about the whole cooking thing, because it's, because essentially it's like you had interest in cooking, and then you went to culinary school culinary I actually school, um or no? yeah before that yeah, I did go to culinary school but before that I I actually went so like backtrack for like a sec I left college two years in because I didn't like it and I, it was in rural pencil like Amish country Pennsylvania oh. but I went to F&M Franklin Marshall mostly for squash and also that college was not for me period went back to the city and I was not Surrounded by my high school friends, obviously. They were still at college. So I had to make new friends and stuff like that. And I applied to an internship randomly on Indeed.com. I was like, okay, what are you interested in? Food. So I got this internship at this place called Mise en Place. Um, and then I worked there for a bit, you know. And then they kept eking on, like, the, the free labor too much. So I left. Started my own marketing company. And I was like, I should probably go to culinary school, too, to expand my techniques. Mm, okay yeah so it's like you got some valuable experience but also yeah yeah also yes yeah, also yeah no about that free labor thing or being <laughs> underpaid oh my not gosh. paid okay. at all That's oh it was yeah. a, it was a oh it was like a free internship like unpaid internship yeah and then it was supposed to be like three months so it they did on like six seven months only got a free metro card and just got paid in like food, which you know I guess it's not that bad, but mm, yeah, it's yeah. tough. Yep. It's tough to say because <laughs> like I gotta gotta like I I would like to save some money to live somewhere, so you know. And, yep. Yeah. Okay. I had no idea you went to a, a university in rural Pennsylvania where you're just like I want to get out of the city, and then it's like oh, I got out of the city. I'm good. <laughs> Exactly. My dumb, my dumb, like high school senior self, like I want something completely opposite of New York City. Yeah, and you, you got it. Oh yes, I did. Oh, <laughs> uh, for squash too. That's yeah. There was a squash team there. I think. Yeah, I got recruited. What? Okay, and I'm just learning all these things. It's like, wait, because I know you play squash, but I was like, oh, I don't know, like, how serious the squash thing is. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I started that in high school, actually. Been playing since around ninth grade, and then I accelerated pretty fast. Usually people in the squash world start when they're, like, six. So, I don't know. It was a, It's a really fun game, though, and I'm coaching, actually, now for um, my high school, my old high school. Hey, full circle. <laughs> yes, honestly, it's crazy. Like, you have what no idea what's ahead of you guys. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, okay. Now I'm, like, understanding more about your journey through your work life. It's like, okay, cool. Sometimes <laughs> we just talk about that. It's, like, it's fascinating. Cause, yeah, yeah. Are you, okay, you're, like, in your later 20s, right? I'm about to be 27 this year. 27? Yeah. Damn. <laughs> I thought you were, like, younger. <laughs> Really? Yeah, I was like, wow, this person's accomplished. I thought you were like 25, you know, just very good at your life, 25. I guess that's a compliment. <laughs> I don't know. It's probably because that's you funny. do, you, ha- you have the, your marketing side too, but you also 
I mean, you're a, you're a chef too. So you, it's like, you do catering events and stuff. I was like, damn, how old is this girl? Is she only like 25, 24 and doing all this stuff? Like I got to learn something from this person. <laughs> no, just a little two more years, one or two more years older. But yeah. That's true. I, I turned 29 this year. Woo-hoo. Woo. Getting there. We're, we're all getting there. We are all, yeah. All of us adopt Chinese adoptees, I think are, we're like part of the big wave that's going to be like 30 soon it's yep like the, it's whenever we, i talk to a cat or a korean adoptee they're like yeah you're you're just we've been there already done that it's like yes. okay well yeah now we're doing it yep uh, yeah because a lot of the korean adoptees i do forget it's like they're like in their 30s or a little bit older do you hear about this thing? So actually, um, Mike Mullen, if I can drop his name from AKA, he was, he actually, I don't know if I told you this, he actually, he had a, like a forecast, he had a prediction for Chinese adoptees when we turn around 30, that'll be around when maybe our parents will start looking for us or something like that. I forget exactly all the details from that, but we were talking about the difference between why Chinese adoptees were adopted versus Korean adoptees. And I think the bottom line for that actually was, unfortunately, the Korean adoptees, their families actually, like, didn't want them, as opposed to, like, the one-child policy where they wanted them, but they couldn't. Mm -hmm. So something might happen with, I don't know why, again, it's maybe when we're around 30, but that's what what Mike was saying. I should probably follow up on the details with him for that, but mm. I found that very interesting. That is really interesting. And, and I do kind of want to find my birth family, or at least see a picture of them, at least, or know if I have brothers or sisters, but that's where I'm at. I think that would be cool. Yeah. Did you get involved at all with like a search process or even just no. DNA stuff? You're like, eh. oh, yeah, I did the DNA thing actually, the 23andMe. And it honestly gave me, like, a different region than where I I actually was adopted from, which, learning all this new stuff about, uh, there's an AKA Zoom event where they're talking about how your story that the orphanage tells you might not be true. Mm -hmm. So so I was questioning that one and having a little existential crisis for that. But then I was like, oh, maybe 23andMe was kind of back <laughs> yeah. a different region that is overwhelming because i think those little things are very insignificant to others but then we see it like oh yeah but to hear possibly it's like yeah the story you're told is most likely false is overwhelming yeah. to be told that it's like i believe this for so many years it's like but it could be a lie it's like i yeah. know it could be a lie but could you sugarcoat that next time <laughs> Just, just a little bit a little sprinkle sometimes yeah because I mean, Cause I mean are... I, it's funny because I was actually I've been back to my orphanage like I've been back to China so many times too which is also why my sister and I are a little bit over it we've been back like three times maybe mm-hmm. when, when I was seven and no when I was like nine she was seven or something like that back to my hometown and my orphanage and I actually met the kids who were in the orphanage when I was there. What? Um, and so that was crazy. Because at some point, like, 
we were just all playing and stuff like that, having fun. And at this one moment, they start singing this song and they start all, I remember this very vividly. They all started crying and I was, I had no idea what was going on because people were speaking Chinese and weird stuff mm-hmm. like that. And apparently, apparently someone was saying they were crying because they didn't get adopted. And I was the one who got adopted because I was the youngest in the orphanage. And I was like, yo, I didn't process that when I was younger. But now I was like, what? What? Yeah. That was pretty heavy. Yeah, it was pretty I mean, it's like they, they, I guess they're just attributing their experience onto the other person who comes back. It's like, well, you were adopted and I wasn't. I was like, well, yeah. But it was kind of cool, though, to see the orphanage because that's literally where I guess I was. Right. Oh my gosh. So you, you actually went back there at a really young age. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I would maybe like to go back when I'm older, but but before I do that, I want to go to, like, France first or, like, where else? <laughs> other, other places that other are places. in the world. Yep. Wow. Because, I mean, going back, I guess at different points in your life could be a different experience, but low-key, oh. like, is it still going to be there? Are they going to renovate the crap out of it? Because they do that right. a lot, too. They, yes, they do do that. You definitely answered the question about China. I was like, oh, you've been back? Yeah, but you, you've definitely been back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, ne- the next the next year, the, the two years later, we went back for my sister's orphanage and stuff like that, too. So. Oh, okay. So, like, when she was nine, and then you were, I guess, 11. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, something like that. It was like a two-year gap. Yeah, whatever, whatever age we pick, add yeah. two years or some times. <laughs> yep. Simple math. Got it. Okay. <laughs> That's cool because I, I my first experience going back to China, I think I was nine or ten, and we didn't go back to like the area I was adopted from, but we went to a different part. And that in alone, that alone was a experience too. Oh just, really? Yeah, because you're like, oh, it's the first time seeing other people that look like you and surrounded by people like you, and it's always mm. like, well, but then you realize like, well, I'm actually like a foreigner, so. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, it was. It was so frustrating because I I went back again for uh, a language camp. To uh, it was at this mountain called Lushan, and I was with some white friends, and and we were ordering Burger King or McDonald's, and they were like mad at me that I couldn't speak the language. And this my white friend, he literally points at the menu and goes sugar, sugar like this, 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 and this, and they're like wow, and I'm like wow. <laughs> I mean, it's not that hard to order, I guess, just that, but I know. I mean, like the mixed, I guess the mixed feelings and emotions related to that, where uh, having white people around you who could speak the language, it's almost like more or less like, all right, I guess it's amazing they can speak the language. And if I try, you're like, you need to work on your language. (laughs) I was like, but this individual who is not Chinese and speaks the language lower level too i was like what standards are low apparently for them i don't know it's kind of weird because like in new york city now i have this experience of when i tried to speak the language they're like it's good you're trying (laughs) okay i guess that's better than like you need to improve yeah i'll take it i'll take it 
Yeah. Honestly, when I was younger, I was very embarrassed to like sound Chinese. So when we were learning tones in class, I would kind of fake it. And I, I didn't care if it lowered my grade. I was like, I'm not sounding Chinese because I, I was just like, I don't know. I don't know why I did that. But now I'm like more proud of being Asian and adopted and stuff like that for sure. It was, it was, that definitely stemmed from like the lack of being myself or confidence like that have you um were you kind of embarrassed to to speak Chinese or like use the tones in the proper way or did you mm-hmm. anything like that? I think definitely as a kid yes I was yeah. just overwhelmed by the whole concept of like what is this tones and language I I just want to be able to get through school without feeling angry about life all the time Word. yeah because it's like we, we we all i mean i'm sure and many of us can relate it's like we if you went to chinese school because it's usually on the weekend but it's like during the week you had to go through the experience of school and stuff social dynamics of being in school mm-hmm. and then on sundays you would go to this other school to learn more and just like i'm going to school like six days a week and i don't really want to oh that. wow it was like that for i guess they all do it differently Mine was just, like, an after-school activity on, like, one oh. day for, like, two hours. But you went to, like, school school. Yeah, I went to, like, yeah. another school. Wow. Well, dang. Yeah. It's a lot. I mean, I appreciate it, though, because because of that, I remember the basics. So learning stuff now is not as challenging as I thought it would be, just because, like, okay, you got hmm. the basics down, like, I, me, you. And then just learning other vocab is really what's helping to develop or expand the knowledge, yeah. I guess. Yeah. And then I've got my Chinese neighbor who has who doesn't give any flexibility to me being not being able to understand her. Like we'll talk, oh, and then yeah. she speaks she speaks the dialect that's supposedly I think it's this dialect from the town that I'm from or the hometown, home city, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, and she'll start speaking to me and I'm like I look at her confused because I don't know what she's saying and then she'll keep repeating the same thing probably like six or seven times and then I get it a little bit no no she that's she 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 does not there's no 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 room for nope she doesn't slow down she just says it again and again (laughs) oh I get it and then in context but I think because she knows that I'm studying Mandarin, she uses a little bit more Mandarin than she before. Before she was right. speaking the dialect completely, and I'm like, I have no idea what you're saying. <laughs> it's like you could be speaking Cantonese. Yep, Cantonese sounds foreign to me too. <laughs> so I'll probably put a break in because we're like. We're at the halfway mark. Come back and you answered the question for China, so we're already done with that. We started talking about cooking. I'm curious though, how did you decide to start your own, basically like your own catering company? Because that's what you do. I know you do catering for a lot of events and then you do like private teaching, which I'm mm-hmm. curious if you've been to Jersey yet to teach Tom. No, actually. Not yet. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. Like catering, the holiday discount. Yeah. yeah. 
got to follow up with them on that. That's funny. Because I just remember Tom won that prize in the raffle. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you're coming to Jersey. I was yeah. like, so that was nice. <laughs> where in Jersey are you? Because yeah. sounds far. Yeah. It'll be fun, though. But I think it honestly all, you know, people like, things happen for a reason in the universe, whatever. Doing this actually just fell into place somehow because coming back from college pretty like because I didn't know what I wanted to do just going on indeed and randomly this company needed an intern that was kind of fate and then I kind of ran with the social media marketing like Facebook Instagram and stuff like that doing content and getting invited to food events that was I was like oh I'm making all these connections and networking a ton I should probably utilize all these people and all these chefs I'm meeting through these events that I learned from the internship. And then once I left, I started my own company just for that, just for the marketing. Mm. And then I did that for a bit and I was getting kind of tired of it because it's once you have like eight clients, you have to let, do all their content, post all their social media. It was too much Instagram for me and my head was exploding. And I was yeah. like, you know, I, I like cooking. Cooking's good. That's fun. Um, so just went to culinary school to learn more techniques and stuff like that and even like in between I still go to influencer events so you get to meet like the chef and like hi those events range from restaurants that are new and up and coming who need social media push immediately or they could be they could have already been established for years and just need some more uh yeah, like a, media yeah like a refresh or something yeah so uh -huh. So yeah, I just, I call that also research too, because every time I go out to eat, it's kind of tasting other people's food and getting inspired and getting ideas for dishes that I would want to cook. So everything kind of magically fell into place a little yeah. bit, a little yeah. bit. I'm, st I'm still trying to, to work on getting more volume for gigs, but mm -hmm. Omicron and all this COVID stuff is rough, so. Oh yeah, well as we come out of it i'm sure there's like opportunity to hopefully then go with that original plan yeah like, yeah interesting i know i think your funniest post which still cracks me up was something like yeah so i get paid to cook for people to then go spend all that money to eat other people's food and i was yeah. just like there's so much truth to that but it's also sort of like oh damn yeah. <laughs> It's a cycle. It's a cycle. It's like a vicious cycle, which I don't know. I mean, your your profile, though, is helpful for learning about places in New York City, I'll be honest. Because I was like, oh, wow. You posted something from, was it Flip Siggy? Yes. Mm -hmm. From there. That's a story I've been meaning to tell you. And we're just going to tell you here. Because oh, yeah. Like, oh, my gosh. You posted the, the dish that was oh, like a limited is? edition yeah, dish. Yeah, for two. The combined platter for two. Okay, yes, yes. So I didn't read your whole caption. Word, <laughs> yeah. like, that just looks good, and it didn't look that big. And I was like, oh, we got to, like, try this. And then you're like, oh, it ends the end of January, and I'm seeing this probably, like, that Saturday. No, it was, like, that Friday, and I was like, oh, I can go tomorrow. And then we had all that snow, and I was like, never mind. I was going to go anyway. Oh. And then I was like, I should invite all these Filipino friends that I run with because they might want to try this dish, too. I don't even Word. know what it is. It was just the mango in it that was like, oh, that looks just delicious. Yeah. So, so you went? Yes. Oh I, got, 
I got a group of like three, four of us, including me. And we Whoa. went to the place on the last day on Monday. I think it was Monday the 31st. It was like the yeah. last day you could have it. And we go in. It's like, hey, we want that dish. And Did you show the picture like this? This? <laughs> they, had the, they had the dish on a display at the door. Nice. And I was telling the other friends because they know what it's called i was like i don't remember what it's called but my friend posted about this and she like goes to places to eat and it just looked really good we should try it and we tell the person it's like we want this dish is it like do we each get one or should we share it again didn't read the caption i think i might have read your caption right before going i was like i read that you're supposed to like maybe share this so we should get two right and then the guy was saying yeah you're definitely gonna want to share it so I'll put those orders in. So he goes he goes back to the chefs and it's like, okay, they want two of these. And he comes back maybe five minutes later. He's like, actually, we're out of like, we're out of it. What? Like, what? He's like, yeah, over the weekend, we, we sold all of it out. I was like, wait, yeah. what? No way. But then we all, so he gives us the menu. We all just start looking at the menu. It's like, oh, I guess we could try some, some, some other stuff. And since they're Filipino, they're telling me like how one of the dishes translates to like, like titi something uh, like titi burrito so titi in tagalog apparently means male genitalia down like, there it sounds something questionable <laughs> yes i mean i mean titi in english has some questionable yeah. meaning but in tagalog it actually means yes. no nice. yeah. Yeah, I was like, what? It's like a nickname for it. So the the dish is like, it's an eggplant. I was like, oh, they're funny. Perfect. No, they're funny. They have they're funny. And then joke. Comes back. The server comes back. It's like, oh, so I, so this is what we can do for you guys. Since you want this dish, we Aww. can substitute the shrimp out for yeah. some eggplant. And we're all like, okay. Because <laughs> everything else was the same, except oh. for like, I guess that one part was right. eggplant versus shrimp. Uh, I thought they already had the eggplant on the dish already. Who knows? It was Ooh. just like... That's hilarious, though. We were just excited. So we kind of yeah. got, like, I guess, a special version of it. Yeah. That's nice. Like, Do you like it? Oh, it was good. And do you try all this stuff? The, the sauces? I, my mm. favorite is that spicy. The orange. That bright orange. Yes. Oh, yeah. I tried all of it. There's a lot of, like, spam and other things that I usually don't eat. Mm. Their, yeah. like, sausage was really good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you know that your posts are definitely effective. <laughs> Cuz that story alone was worth the 3 minutes. But yeah. <laughs> I've done an influence. I'm proud of myself. I like don't sometimes I don't even like realize I don't realize that I have followers and I'm like I'm just posting this. I don't think I'm doing anything with the world mm-hmm. or it's not affecting anyone. I'm like, "Oh, I guess I guess it is." Oh, it definitely is. Uh because I, I've not that I'm like influence level for sure, but some stuff I've posted, people are like, oh, yeah, like I went to that place that you shared on your run and it was cool. Yeah. I was like, oh, cool. I'm glad you like went there. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Honestly, I hate the word influencer. I'm like, it's, this world right. is funny. Just the fact that we have this now. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I guess that's what TikTok is. Uh-huh. yeah oh my gosh i got addicted to tiktok during the pandemic and i ended up on like therapy talk and like adopty talk and then oh my gosh you talk and i was like wow i'm learning a lot yeah it's i think in our own i guess we all have our own versions of like drinking from a fire hose depending where we are in our journey mm. but i think especially during the pandemic it kind of has like a whole other heightened level because i think all the terms and conversations and 
insights that people have were just funneled all at once during yep. the pandemic. And oh, like, yeah. Right. People were just questioning their existence in general. Oh, yeah. They're like, who told, like, I don't want to work anymore. It's like people want to change jobs or just like mm-hmm. they're just looking very deep, like magnifying their life and just seeing like, oh, I, did I just float through life and I'm here on my nine to five job, like a workforce. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. And then I was also, there's a lot about like relationship stuff and attachment styles that I had no idea about. So I was trying to educate myself on that too. Oh, yeah. All that. You've been in a relationship for a few years, a few years? Mm, man, I don't, almost three years. Almost three <laughs> I'm years, I'm not okay. counting, I don't want to count. <laughs> We're getting on to a few, it's like four. <laughs> nice. Did you meet this person just out and about, or how did you meet? We met on OkCupid when I wasn't even looking for a relationship. I was, oh, so I was just like, I had just like, like broke up with my very narcissistic ex so i didn't realize he was a narcissist until after i left the relationship and i was like oh i have to like go back and figure that one out and and ideally you don't hop from relationship to relationship but but i people do that by accident you know it's like you go out meet people just have fun and something clicks so was using tiktok a lot for that like narc talk narcissistic talk and abuse and stuff like that and like gaslighting i was like what is all this stuff and now i and then i started analyzing maybe over analyzing everything i was like oh my gosh that's why that happened that's why i feel like this that's why i'm triggered now from something else and i was like oh but this also goes back into being adopted too it's like wow (laughs) there's a lot yeah I know that's that's something I'm navigating with current boyfriend of Word. I think it's only been like over a month since we officially started dating but like slowly it's like I'm introducing talks about adoption and like race with you because mm-hmm. I had brought it up I think on our like second date and he was just he kind of got like defensive and like shut down because it's like oh, okay because he thought it was like me saying this is a reason that I couldn't date him because we were like Asian adoptee and a white guy and I was like no no that's not what I meant at all I was like I must I need to work on that approach better but yeah yeah I see now now that he probably thought it was like you're just trying to it's like are you just trying to like not date me for some reason it's like that wouldn't be the reason that's just you know a part of it right yeah yeah that's another thing just like a how to approach someone and not so they don't get defensive and how to yeah yeah <laughs> relationships they're tough oh yeah they work oh they yeah work i'm learning that too i was like uh it's been so long since i've been in a relationship that i was mm. just like this is work like i actually have to consider other people your feelings <laughs> <laughs> yeah I guess it's not just about me. I gotta consider your feelings too. Yeah. <laughs> I miss not having to do that. <laughs> How uh, long was your longest um, relationship? Oh, before that? Oh my gosh, I think 10 months. And that oh, was yeah. back in university years. University oh, wow. years. University yeah, yeah, yeah. years. <laughs> nice. So it's like a young 22 is when, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
and then many years in between plus pandemic i was like yeah i'm good i don't, I don't need a date I just mm -hmm. need to figure out like how to live life a little bit identity crisis yeah all of it is happening so i was like yeah this guy he's just like yeah i like you and i don't really want to date other people it's like okay i won't either <laughs> I guess and I'm also. <laughs> I guess I'm also. Yeah, I mean, he's a he's a nice guy. He really is. So I was like, oh, and I, okay. I think it was this like a uh, skewed time because it was right around the holidays too that I was like, oh my gosh, it's probably overwhelming because Thanksgiving, then Christmas, then New Year's. Yeah, but I guess Valentine's Day is coming up. But is. I'm hoping to edit this and then this will come out before Sale Candy Day. <laughs> So, the 14th of February is a Monday. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You'll be a Valentine's episode. Yes. Well, my sister's birthday is on Valentine's Day, too, actually. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Does she get, like, extra chocolate? Probably. <laughs> Does she even like chocolate? That's the first yeah. question. Oh, yeah. She likes sweets way more than I do. Oh, so the she and I could food. probably have this lengthy conversation about chocolate sales <laughs> yep i'm just so glad i'm putting it out there because people associate me with all the chocolate sales and stuff so yeah. like yesterday in by flat iron apparently i have a friend who works right by there and they had this like giant godiva heart display thing yeah. in in the flat iron district and they were giving out free godiva bars and she like Ooh. shared it or posted it or shared. somehow I found out about it from her and I was like yeah. hey is this only today because today I actually have to like work till nine all the way in Upper East Side otherwise I'm gonna come down there and she's like it's only today I was like no no grab me one <laughs> and she did so I picked it I actually went to her office today picked it up and they took that display down like really fast they had it probably up and then down and I was just like oh yeah no I'm so glad that you picked me up one because it's, it's good chocolate. It's the, what flavor is this? Ooh. Godiva Signature Almond and Honey Milk Chocolate. Oh, damn, that smells like it's, good. It's a proper it's bar. Good. It's a proper bar. Smell it. Yeah, it is. I know. I was just like, it's like, how could I not know about these things? Yeah. I don't know. I think this year I need to take advantage of the Too Good To Go app and see if there are bakeries on Valentine's Day that are going to be on there because you know there's going to be like chocolate shit everywhere. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard of that app. Mm-mm. No. Oh. Okay, this might be a good thing for... Because you can get stuff for Too, too Good To Go. So mm -hmm. T-O-O-G-O-O-D... T O G O. Okay, word. I'll look it up after. <laughs> it's literally too good to go. And they have a bunch of places that are on it bakeries, grocery markets, restaurants, and everything. And at the end of the day, they have different pickup times. You can actually pay like below market value for the stuff that they're going to throw out. So you're basically saving items that they would normally throw out. So bakeries, mm. you'll sometimes get like a bunch of pastries and bread. Yeah. And then restaurants. I did a restaurant. Oh, really? Yeah, I had done a restaurant, some Italian place, and they gave me like half of, half of a pizza or something and a cannoli and some oh, other nice. stuff. I was like, this is a lot. <laughs> so it depends, but I'm sure there's a lot of places near you. So it's like you save 
stuff from being thrown out and you can like eat it within that week and it's still good nice and it costs usually like three to like five dollars per like pickup bag it's great wow i got great new thing to post about (laughs) yes yes that that tg 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 you're good to go TGTG. <laughs> oh, Do you find yourself liking more like Asian food or Chinese food? Oh yeah, definitely. In general, just like in general. More? Mm-hmm. And then because I'm in, I'm in Queens, getting to markets that have Asian foods that are like frozen, you can bring it home, prepare. It's mm-hmm. so nice. Yeah. It's very nice. Even though the OG H Mart is under renovation right now, which happens to only be like a mile from me, I'm, I'm bummed. It's like under reno, so you can't go there. So I have gone to the H Mart in like Flushing just to get some stuff. But nice. I need to find some more Chinese market specific because sometimes H Mart doesn't have all the, or maybe it was just a smaller one that I went to the other day. Mm. But it's like, I want some of that Chinese specific veggie yeah yep because oh i'm sure you know the difference too between all the chinese veggies probably i was i I was like chinese broccoli what does that mean and it's like thinner and longer Mm -hmm. and it's like oh okay or chinese cauliflower also thinner and longer and i was like is how is this why is it chinese i don't know (laughs) i don't know either actually yeah i was like isn't it grow? Is it grown? I guess is it actually on a boat from China and comes here? Right. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I didn't go to Chinese markets that much growing up, so I wouldn't mm. know the difference. Yeah. I feel like have you have you actually like went and bought fish or like meat and stuff from some markets too like the ones you know because i still haven't done that yet not later the fish okay mostly snacks and veggies okay um yeah yep i definitely see that in the markets and i was like i don't feel quite it's almost like the whole speaking chinese thing it's like i don't feel quite confident enough to get that whole entire fish and prepare it at home so we're gonna get this deveined and peeled frozen shrimp over here for much less than i would at the supermarket or grocery yes. market at home. oh my gosh this is like uh it's intimidating yeah yeah no it's funny though because with food and adopt stuff and identity i've realized that i crave more asian food actually and mm. i also have realized i don't that's my weakness out of every cuisine chinese food like asian i can do korean food mm-hmm. chinese food that they have such a technique and it's not really shared often and not a lot of people know it that i'm kind of curious more um to learn about mm. more techniques for Chinese cooking, for just knowing my culture and stuff like that and connecting it to food. And... Oh, yeah, because I feel like a lot of your dishes you've made or that I've tried have been, like, fusion stuff, which is really good. I love, yeah, fusion stuff. Fusion. I, I like, I also do, like, making Italian and French food, mm-hmm. uh, Indian food. 
Mediterranean food. Greek food. Yeah, all the food is really good. Food is good. (laughs) All food is great. And you cook too a little bit, yeah. I mean, it's a very, it's like a stir fry version of a stir fry with different types of spices. So sometimes it's like an Indian curry stir fry versus like Chinese. Or I have done one that was kind of Italian like. It was very interesting. Ooh. I just used Italian spices versus uh, like Chinese or Indian spices. So I okay. guess it's all about this. I mean, I don't know. I, I It seems to be like it's all about the spices. Eh. It totally is. And if you can just transfer the technique with, with different flavors, then yeah, it's fun to oh, experiment. Yeah. Recently introduced to Spam and I was like, wow, this is some good stuff. Spam? Spam. I'm not a huge fan of Spam personally. I don't know what it is. I like meat. You like what? I like meat and sausage, but for some reason. I've only had it in very small quantities with a bunch of other stuff that it's good. Yeah. I just find it like it's similar parallel to bologna for some reason in my head. I I don't think that, I don't even know if that makes sense, but. (laughs) Yeah, it does actually. Like a texture thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably it. Texture is a huge thing for me. I don't like eggplant or okra because it's slimy. <laughs> it's gross. <laughs> That's funny. I love me some eggplant. Nice. I wish I liked it. It's good for you. But mm-hmm. my body says no. Yup. Eggplants, yeah, I guess it depends how you prepare it. Even so, it's, I don't know. It's just funny that it's associated with male parts now. I know, true. Yeah. That's not the part of it. It's now a male part. Titi. Titi. <laughs> well, this has been fun. And yeah. I'm going to round it out now because I like to do that. And for me, over an hour is tough. Totally. Talk, talk yeah. about adoption or life, really. <laughs> but, <Feel that. laughs> um, is there anything you'd like to hear from other adoptees or anyone who adoption has become a part of their life maybe if there was someone out there who was was a little bit in the same mindset as me where they kind of were over it or like they're they're now starting to do the mental journey and then also about the relationship stuff too because learning about how adoption affects relationships for us that would be very interesting for me Mm those are definitely good things to get inside about versus only experience it ourselves every time mm-hmm. trial by fire I guess it's different for everyone what we end up doing in our relationships but sometimes patterns are there they oh, exist yeah. so yep. please share your social where people can follow you and contact you if they would like yeah, my Instagram handle is Hope Eats NYC. So two E's in there next to each other. Hope Hope Eats NYC. Okay. Hope eats. S. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Well, this is fun, Hope. Yes. Thank you so much again for having me. Yeah. It was really cool to like learn stuff about you when I haven't learned before. And so I'll talk yeah, to you ditto. now. Ditto. It's always cool when you can do that. It's like, hey, I didn't know this about you. Yeah. Oh, good luck with your event tomorrow. Um, Thank you. I'm sure you're probably 
I'm prepping tomorrow for a private dinner on Saturday. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like your usual weekend gig. Yeah. Yep. This one That's I actually fine. it's a private thing for influencers because I'm not doing much Omicron stuff. So I'm having a very small amount of people there just to take some pics. There you go. Y'all. Cool. Well, I'm sure I'll see you again. Yes. At the thing or something. Yes. Come to come to Sour Mouse on uh, Wednesday. Sour Mouse is that a, a bar? Um, it has ping pong and billiards and games, aka happy hour six to nine. Sour Mouse, what a name! Okay, yeah, it's in the East Village. It's like right above Chinatown. Oh, okay. I was like Sour Mouse. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Also, see what's up, what's happened that day. I don't know because I've been. It's interesting because now the semester's back. This is a tangent, but mm. we're almost done anyway. Uh, <laughs> now that I'm starting to do the freelance thing, I don't do a full time gig right now. Mm. And since the semester started again, I've done a lot of art modeling. So this week has been like every day for four to eight hours of just art modeling. Damn. Wow, this is some some work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, sometimes it's relaxed. Not always. Sometimes it is. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you know that feeling. Yeah. Yup. <laughs> on that, it's like on that note, everybody do what you want to do. You'll figure it out eventually. <laughs> you'll be no okay. pressure to figure it out. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. No, you're good. So you'll be okay. Yeah. You'll be okay. We all are just taking it one day at a time. Yeah. Yes, we are. (laughs) Well, bye, Hope. Okay, bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to Adopted Babies from China podcast, ABC podcast, wherever you get your shows. Please rate, review, listen, and subscribe. And if you'd like to share your story, please contact adoptedbabiesfromchina at gmail.com or adoptedbabiesfromchinapod on Instagram and